I have a message for you today. Are you ready for the Word of God? Grab your Bibles, grab a notebook. If you need a Bible or a notebook, we do have Bibles provided at the tables over here in the back. Feel free to grab one. That's a gift from us to you. We want everyone to make sure they have a Bible when they come to church and then take it home with you. That's a gift. You might ask, why do we go through all this to have a big old county fair and to invite all kinds of people? And it's really very simple. We have some good news to tell our friends and family. Is that true? We have some great news to tell you about today. You know, one of Maria's favorite movies growing up and when we were dating, she would tell me about it, was this, this older Disney movie called Newsies. Anybody ever remember the movie Newsies? Raise your hand if you remember Newsies, right? It was a Broadway show. It was kind of this singing, dancing, paper boy movie show. And so there would be these Newsies out there and she, she had a crush on one of them. And he was the young man from Brooklyn. His name was Spot Collins. And so for our whole married life, I've always kind of thrown that back at her. You could have married Spot Collins, but uh, you got me instead, you know, and stuff. And where's Spot these days, huh? And why would you want to marry a guy named Spot? You know what I mean? I mean, look what you got here, right? Look what you got. But then she throws it back at me because in my childhood, I had a crush on a cartoon character. Her name was Gem and the Holograms. Anybody remember Gem and the Holograms? Yes. This is your pastor. This is, these are his backstory, his issues that he brings with him. Anyways, I've gotten over that. Anyways, Newsies, the newspapers, these young men, it was kind of a historic movie. We're kind of back in the early 1900s. These young men would go out and they'd sell papers. And you remember those, those paper boy roots? Was anyone a paper boy or paper girl in the room growing up as a kid? It's good business, hard work. You get up super early, unwrap papers, throw them and, and stuff. I thought that was the coolest thing. You could just like throw these papers at people's houses and they'd land in the bushes, they'd land in the trees, they'd land, if you got really good, it would land at the front door. But when someone had a newspaper and you kind of remember those pictures where a person was on the end, edge of the street, they'd have a, a newspaper up and they'd say, extra, extra, what? Read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. And there was some news that they wanted you to be made aware of. Something had happened that they wanted to make sure everyone had the opportunity to hear and see. And it was their opportunity to say, you need to hear this. But here's the difference between the good news that we have for you today and a newspaper. In a newspaper, you read all about it and you can kind of read it like a historical fact. You kind of read about it, separated, saying, oh, that's what happened to them. But when you hear the good news I have for you today, it's not just history, it becomes your story. It's not just what happened to them. How many of you know it's what happens to us and what's op offered to you today? So when we say extra, extra, read all about it, there's the power to become everything that that good news says. Somebody get excited about that. You're not just reading it like historical fact. You're not just reading it like a newspaper. You're becoming, if it says you're free, you're becoming free. If it says you're delivered, you've been delivered. If it says you're forgiven, you are forgiven. If it says you have eternal life, good news, there is eternal life. And so when we say extra, extra, read all about it, and we say we have good news, that good news has the power to absolutely change and transform your life. So today I have a few headlines. Are you ready for a couple headlines today? I got four breaking news headlines. Four breaking news excellent headlines. Remember that when it would come through? Breaking news. Are you in a mood today or what? Like, I'm having way more fun than you are. And I've got a bunch of people staring at me. Do, 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 do. Write it in your notes. Do, 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 do. Breaking news headlines. I have four headlines for you. Say four. 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 Breaking news. Breaking news headlines. 
Number one, headline number one, ready? Woman caught in adultery, sentenced to death, set free. There's a story for you. Woman caught in adultery, sentenced to death, has been set free. Open your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 8. The book of John, chapter 8. Let's see some of these stories. Let's see some of these things in the Bible that are good news because here's the thing about this good news. It's not just talking about the individual in the article. It's talking about how God responds to you, how God responds to me. All of us have things in our life that we feel guilt over, shame over. We missed it. We blew it. We wrecked our lives and we might have wrecked somebody else's life in the process. All of us have broken God's laws at some point. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So breaking news, how would Jesus deal with us? How does God see us who have sinned, who have broken the laws, who are worthy of punishment and judgment, who carry some level of shame or guilt or condemnation over our life? What would God do? What does the judge of the universe do and say? What are his thoughts towards us? Here we find ourselves, if that were us, in John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 1. Jesus returned from the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple, and a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down, and he began to teach. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. If you pause in the Bible sometimes and you kind of let yourself go there, you think how humiliating would that be for someone to be, first of all, exposed like that, thrown in front of her peers, thrown in front of the city, thrown in front of God himself, the Messiah, standing there and having all these fingers pointed at her saying she was caught in the act of adultery in front of the entire crowd. Teacher, they said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says stone her or kill her, execute her. What do you say, Jesus? Now remember, Jesus is God. Jesus is God in the flesh. I want you to see this, especially if you're not familiar with the Bible or familiar with church. God saw our need for a savior. God himself came, born of a virgin, in Jesus and he died on a cross for our sin. So when you see Jesus, and Jesus repeatedly throughout the scripture says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In Jesus, the fullness of God dwells. That's important, because now, if you wonder what would God do, or how would God treat me, how does God treat a condemned sinner, you can see Jesus. God and Jesus are not different than one another. They have the same mind, the same heart, the same love for us. It's not that Jesus is nice and God is angry. They, in one, love us. Are you understanding that? And so when you see Jesus' response, that is God's response. When you see Jesus' response, that is God's response. So they said, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down, began to write in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and he said, all right, but let the one who's never sinned throw the first stone. So that's right, the law does say and Jesus was not here to break the law. He would always fulfill the law. He said, fine, that is the law. But here's the deal. The one among you who's never sinned, he has to cast the first stone. 
then the rest of you can cast your stones. Are you following me? Then he stooped down again and he began to write in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said to her, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Here's what I want you to see in that. Some of you might have heard that story in the past. For some of you, that might be the first time you've heard it. Here's the deal. Sometimes we've used that story to say, see, look, we all have sin, and that is true. That's probably why they did leave. They didn't have the ability to throw the first stone because all of them had some sort of sin in their life. But here's what I really want you to see in that scripture. Jesus didn't tell them they couldn't throw the stones. They just said you can't throw the stones until the one in this group that doesn't have sin throws the first stone. There was someone in that group without sin, and it was him. If he would have thrown the first stone, the rest of them could have thrown theirs. But the truth is this. God is not here to throw stones at you. He's not looking to throw stones at you. And he wasn't breaking the law. Here's why he could tell her that she could go free. It wasn't that he was giving her a free pass. It was he was going to take her place. He was going to have the sin that was upon her be placed upon him. And he would take the judgment for that sin upon the cross. Jesus fulfilled every one of those legal requirements. He consumed all the judgment of God towards us upon himself so that if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, his payment for sin becomes your payment for sin. And no matter what guilt, what shame, what condemnation we may deserve, he has taken it upon himself that you might go free. Can you celebrate that today? That is some good news. Read all about it. Amen. Become it. Receive it today. For some of us in the room, that's a big deal. We've walked in guilt and shame, and the devil has used that to control you, to make you wonder what would God do if God found out. I want you to know God's already found out. He knows what you've done. He knows what all of us have done, and he's chosen to love us, and his heart is towards you. He's not running away from you because of sin. He's running towards you because of it, saying, I have the antidote. I have the solution. I want to set you free from that. I want to give you a hope and a future and eternal life. I am for you, not against you. He's trying to get you into heaven, not keep you out. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? That is good news. That is the headline. So for some of you today, I want to encourage you. It's time to come out of that guilt. It's time to let Jesus become your savior, savior from sin, savior from hell, but savior unto a new life, a life of freedom. Extra, extra what? Headline number two. Extra, extra, read all about it. Headline number two, man possessed by thousands of demons is now clothed and in his right mind and totally set free. That's a pretty good news, don't you think? If you were the one possessed with thousands of demons, you'd be shouting right now. Now, nobody wants to shout. You're going to think you're possessed with 2,000 demons. No. I'm saying that is some good news. Man possessed. Think about it. Living a life in bondage, living a life of addiction, living a life where the devil is bossing you around, kicking you around, and now in steps Jesus, just like to the woman who needed forgiveness from guilt and shame. This man needs Jesus to set him free from the oppression of the devil. Too many people in this world and this life let the devil be their master, even though they don't know it's the devil. It's all through um, some sort of ignorance where they don't realize he's the one calling the shots. You don't need to serve the devil anymore. You don't need the devil. The devil has no love for you. He has no plan for you or hope for you or future for you except for death and destruction. And there are those that have been bound by addiction, 
bound by some sort of habits or cycles in their life of darkness, of evil, whether it be evil on the inside or even evil externally. There is freedom from the evil in this world, both the evil inside and the evil around you. Amen. There is freedom. There is power and victory over those things. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Mark, chapter 5. The book of Mark, chapter 5. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5, we see this story where Jesus arrives on the other side of the lake in verse 1 to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with the chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains with his wrists, smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Again, put yourself into the story of what's going on here. Here's an individual who somehow became so bound by evil, so bound by the devil, that first of all, he had unnatural strength that he couldn't be contained by human beings or by chains. Some, for some of us who've never experienced genuine evil, wickedness, the occult, possession, oppression, some of these things, to us the devil's a fairy tale and a fantasy. For some of you in the room today, living that life and seeing those things is very real. Those bondages, that witchcraft, those evil powers and things, they are intimidating, they can be a fearful thing, and they are real. Doesn't matter if you want to pretend like they're a fantasy, the devil doesn't care if you think he's fake or not, he's going to do what he's on assignment to do, and that's to steal, kill, and destroy your life, with no mercy, by the way. He'll destroy your life as an adult, and he'll destroy the children, too. He doesn't care if you're young or old, male or female. He could care less. He just wants to hurt you and hurt God by hurting you. Are you understanding this? This man is wandering around. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to serve the devil. I'm going to be so powerful. I'm going to be so cool. We're going to have a party in hell. You're not going to have a party in hell. You're going to suffer. The devil isn't to be trifled with. He's not to be played with. And the only way out from underneath his power is through the power of God. This man, who was completely taken over by the devil, he wasn't feeling all like a rock star and powerful. He wanted to die. He was in the tombs. He was running around, and he was cutting himself with stones, trying to kill himself. But the devil wouldn't even let him kill himself. He wanted him to suffer more. He wanted him to bring fear to the city. Are you understanding this? And why do you take all this time? Because sometimes, some of us in the room, we don't realize what it is like to be underneath that kind of oppression. And I just felt the Lord in preparing this today. I'm here to tell you good news that Jesus can set you free from the evil that has been chasing you all your life or that you've been dealing with on the inside or dealing with from your family line and your generations. He who the Son sets free is free indeed, and the devil won't have any more permission or access even today. You can go home and have the best sleep you've ever had. You could even think your house is haunted. Some people have that expression, and they have suffered those things. What do I do? Do they have to move? No. You can receive Jesus Christ and get your house back and cast the devil out of your house or from your family line or from your generations. You don't got to move. Make the devil move. There is power in the kingdom of God. There is power as a child of God. Sometimes we only preach a gospel of forgiveness and grace, but some of you, you're looking for a gospel that has enough power to set you free from darkness. 
It's not just a gospel of freedom and grace. It's a gospel of power. It's a good news of power. Amen. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torment me. This was the demon talking out of the man. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out to the evil spirit. Jesus demanded, what is your name? The man replied, or the, I'm sorry, he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Legion, like 2,000 or more inside, 2,000 demons or more. Then the evil spirits, plural, evil spirits, plural, begged him again and again not to send them into the distant place or the abyss. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd, about 2,000 pigs, plunged into a steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town surrounding the countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crown suit gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. They were intimidated by this Jesus who had come and set this man free. My friend, the good news today is that there is power, not just forgiveness, but power being available to you to set you free from the evil on the inside and all the evil that might be represented on the outside. Can you give God praise for those headlines right there? It's two headlines. Are you ready for a he another headline? Headline number three. Creator of the universe adopts children into his family. The creator of the universe adopts children into his family. And who are those children? Raise your hand if you're one of those children. Can we just let ourselves think about that for a minute? The creator of the sun, the moon, the stars, the creator of all the planets, the creator of all those billions of galaxies that are out there that we can't even number, that every time we make a new telescope, we're even more amazed at the wisdom and the size of God. That same God has chosen to adopt you into his family, to allow you to call him Father. And actually, not just allow you to call him Father, he prefers it. His Holy Spirit, the Bible says, enters our lives and teaches us to call him Abba. Not the band, but the name. Father. An endearing phrase, a phrase of relationship, a phrase where who we are, who are we? We're human beings. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 8 where an angel looks to God and says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Why is your mind so full of these people, these human beings? God loves you. So that song was talking about today, Jireh. It's one of the names of God in the Old Testament, Jehovah Jireh. He's enough. And Maria was really pressing in on that too, that God sees you. God loves you. And I really feel there is something today in this in particular passage I even wrote it in my notes before any of this happened. Creator of the universe adopts us into his family. And these are the words that were in my heart for you. You are found. You are not hidden. You are seen, just like Maria had in her spirit. She didn't know I was going to preach this either. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's in this room because some of you feel so alone. You're raising kids on your own. I don't know what happened. Marriage fell apart. Someone was unfaithful to their promises. And here you are alone working two jobs, trying to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. 
but I'm here to tell you today, you are not alone. And the creator of the universe has promised himself to you and an inheritance to you and a presentness of himself. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Are you understanding this? That he wants to carry that burden with you. You are not alone. You are seen. You are not hidden from his sight. You can't go to the highest mountain. You can't go to the depths of darkness and hell itself where he doesn't see you and can't find you. Some of you have lived in what could be considered the depths of darkness in this world. And God sees you and he's brought you here today to give you good news. A headline that you don't have to be alone and that he will walk you through the valley of the shadow of death if necessary, and he will walk you out to the other side. Amen. The gr you are not alone. You are seen. You have an inheritance. John chapter 1, verse 3. God created everything through Jesus, through himself. God wants you, not because you're perfect, not because you've done all these supernatural special things to earn it, but because he made you. He is your creator. He knows you more than you know yourself and he wants you for himself. He created you for his own family, for his own, to be loved by himself. God has created everything and he's created you. You are not a mistake and you're not missed. He didn't create you and lose you somehow and, and, and lose track of you. He has known you all the days of your life and he's been waiting for a moment like today where you might make a decision to open up your life and let him in. Even though he's God, he still gives you a free will and he waits for you to say yes to what he's offering in this good news. He doesn't force himself into your life, but you have this heavenly father and you have this inheritance that is yours if you'll say yes to it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 and 11 God decided to adopt us into his own family. God decided to adopt us into his own family. All of this was a work of God. It was a decision of God. It wasn't because you did something impressive and God said, oh, they qualify. God made a decision to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. So the way into the family is through Jesus Christ. It's not every or any way that people want to offer you in the world. They're not all roads lead to God. There is a way. There is the truth. And there is life. And it's all through Jesus. Lots of times people want to make up their own way of how to get to God. You don't have, here's the good news. This is not to be restrictive. It's good news. It means you don't have to keep making up ways. God will just tell you the truth. This is how you come. This is the way. You don't have to wonder or guess if you did it right. He's already made the plan. And it's by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the forgiveness of your sins, the door into eternal life and into the inheritance and family of God that we're talking about today. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure, the Bible says, to adopt you into his family. Isn't that cool? It gave him great pleasure to adopt you into his family. Furthermore, because we've been united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. Say inheritance. Inheritance. Doesn't that sound great? Wouldn't you love to get a phone call saying that so-and-so passed away, that you, not that it's great that they passed away, that you didn't know about, but hey, they left you this massive inheritance? Well, my friend, Jesus' life was sacrificed that you might receive an inheritance. And that inheritance that is yours through him 
has to do with right standing with God, has to do with forgiveness of sin, an inheritance of power and victory over the devil, an inheritance of God promising that he will provide for you and take care of you and supply your needs according to his riches and glory, an inheritance of eternal life so one day when you do pass from this life to the next, you don't have to worry about will I live or will I die? Will I still be or will I go to hell? You don't have to live like that. You have an inheritance. You have an inheritance of provision. You have an inheritance of healing. You have an inheritance of authority. You have an inheritance. Say inheritance. Is that good news today? And give God praise for headline number three. Creator of the universe adopts children into his family. And finally, headline number four. Do, 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 do. You can do it with me. Do, do, do. See, isn't it more fun to play along than to sit there obstinate? You know what I'm saying? Headline number four, ready? Do, 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 do. All right. Ready? Generation with superhuman abilities seen walking the earth. There is a generation, come on now, this generation filled with superhuman, supernatural abilities are walking the earth. You are not just mere mortals. You are filled with the spirit of God and God's power and abilities. Amen, that's important. Write this in your notes, power, power to tread, the Bible says. Power to tread, that means the devil under your feet. That means circumstances under your feet. You walk up to someone and you say, how are you doing? And they say, good under the circumstances. You can say, what are you doing under the circumstances? Get up over those circumstances. You have the power to tread, walk on that water. The devil's foot, I mean, your foot is on the devil's neck. Come on now. Why? Because you're the body of Christ. And the devil is under his feet, which means he's under your feet. Amen. Power to tread. Power to do. Power to say. Power to become. Power to bring about change. It's important today that you see that you are empowered in this life to be victorious. Not just go to heaven. Sometimes we limit the good news to, hey, you're forgiven and you get to go to heaven. You are not only forgiven, you become filled with God himself and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to have power in this life, not just in the life to come, but power to tread, power to overcome, power to do, power to bring change. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you shall receive power, say power, ability, efficiency, might, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the very bounds and ends of the earth. That word power that you receive from the Holy Spirit is the same word we get the word dynamite, dunamis. You receive not just power to make you feel good, you receive an explosiveness about you to make you do good, to do greater works and greater things. You say, but I'm just a, I'm just a grandmother or a grandfather, I'm just a single mom, I'm just, a, uh, I'm just this, I'm just that. You can't say you're just anything. You are a child of God. You are the temple of the Spirit of God. You have the power and ability of God and the access to the things and powers and ways of God in your life. You are a conduit of God's kingdom into the earth. 
not just his good works and his good love and his fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, but his power and ability to bring about change, to change a society, to change a culture, to change the way things are, cleaning it up, bringing light, and pushing back darkness. You are empowered. Luke chapter 10, verse 18, yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority, say authority, over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among the snakes and the scorpions and crush them. Nothing, say nothing, will injure you. Doesn't mean it won't try, but nothing will be able to injure you. But do not rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your name is registered in heaven. Praise God, you have authority over the devil, but the most precious thing is that your name is in his book of life, that you are recorded in the rolls of heaven as a child of God, forgiven in right standing with God, and because of that, yes, you do have this beautiful addition of power over the devil. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, little children, you are of God. You belong to him, and you've already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater and mightier than he who is in the world. Amen. Go ahead and stand as we close in a word of prayer. Let me say this over you. There is so much more good news to tell you, but today we hope you receive those four headlines. Kind of the root behind those headlines is number one, there is no judgment or condemnation for those who accept Christ Jesus as their savior. For some of you in the room, that's the word you needed today. There is no judgment or condemnation for those who accept Jesus Christ as their savior. Number two, second headline. In Jesus, you are greater than any evil in this world or even evil that has tormented you on the inside. Satan has been defeated. You are on the winning side. Number three, headline. You are not alone. You don't need to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders anymore. I hope today if you walked in with a lot of burden and care, that you can just feel such a peace from God coming upon you and realize that you are not alone. That God of the universe and also a wonderful church family, if you would let us, we would love to partner with you to help you shoulder this life and to be successful. You are not alone. You can be a part of the family of God, not isolated doing this thing on your own. Then lastly, you are no longer powerless. You are full of God's power. I speak strength into you. I speak courage into you. You are mighty in God. And so today you're like, man, I've been feeling so weak and so defeated. Then God brought you here today to share some good news with you. But it's not just good news to read about. It's him declaring who you are. It's him making this offer to you to become it, to receive it by faith, and watch it transform into your real life. Let me pray over you, if you would. Bow your heads and close your eyes just for a minute. Heavenly Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I bring this beautiful group to you. We thank you for gathering us all today to hear this good news. I don't know if they needed to hear about grace and forgiveness. I don't know if they needed to hear about power and victory. I don't know if they needed to hear about being seen and not alone or forsaken. God, I pray whatever in their heart they needed to hear, you would just really richly bless that seed of the word in their heart in that area and you'd really help it to grow. Help them to feel free today. Help them to feel loved today. Help them to feel assisted and helped today. Help them to feel victory over the devil today and darkness today. God, we pray these things into their life. We thank you that they trusted us with today to come and be a part of the service. We pray they enjoy the county fair, but really the reason they came was to hear this good news 
And God, we pray this good news continues to produce in their heart and in their life. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity today. The Bible tells us a couple things. First of all, it says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us is in need of the Savior, Jesus. The wages and penalty of our sin, the Bible says, is death. That's separation from God, from the life of God, and also from the eternal life from God, even hell. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And the Bible goes on to say what to do. He says, all, which means every one of us, who call on the name of the Lord shall or will are saved. And so today, if you will call on the Lord, he will save you. He will write your name in that Lamb's Book of Life. He'll become not only the creator of the universe, he'll become your heavenly father. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll put you up over the evil of this world. And he'll assist you and walk with you all the days of your life. And so today, if you say, you know, Pastor Kevin, I don't remember a time in my life that I ever called on the Lord to save me. I would like to call on him today. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. When I do, just simply raise your hand where you are and we're gonna pray a prayer right there at your seat. You might say, well, you know, I did have a relationship with God, but if I'm honest, I've grown cold. I've walked away, but I would like to reconnect and restart with God. So when I count to three, just put your hand up too, and we'll pray together right at your seat. Are you ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you just put your hand up today? There's a hand right there, second hand there. Anybody else today? Three, thank you, sir. Four. Wonderful. Five, six, seven. Anybody else? Eight, nine. I see you, young man. Ten, eleven. I see you. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Put it up. Fifteen. Put it up. Put it up. This is you and Jesus. This is your acknowledgement saying, I want to receive Jesus Christ. Anybody else? All right, I may have missed your hand. 16, thank you. I may have missed your hand, but Jesus didn't. He sees you. Maybe you're watching online. He sees you too. Would we all pray a prayer together today? And just as much as you can, just be honest with God and repeat this prayer from your heart after me, would you? We'll pray together so you're not by yourself. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those 16 or so? Praise God. Amen. Welcome home. Welcome home. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. 
To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.